Hi besties! So it's 8am on Friday the 12th of November and Taylor's version of Red just came out. And I'm not a Swifty by any means, you guys are fucking insane, I respect it so much but like I'm just not on that level. I like have listened to all of her albums but I'm just not a Swifty. But if you don't know, I am in fact in love with Phoebe Bridges. And I've never experienced real heartbreak before, but when she started dating Paul Mezcal, I think that's the closest I've come to heartbreak ever. Not that I ever had a shot with her, but you know, a girl can dream. And the dreams were crushed when I found out she wasn't single anymore. Anyway, so Taylor's version of Red came out and she has a 10 minute version of All Too Well. Oh my good God, somebody get this woman out of my fucking head. Like... I, hello, literally no words. And I am such a wordy person. Like when I watch films, I remember the script. When I listen to songs, I really overanalyze lyrics. And can we just talk about the new lyrics of All Too Well? Like, can we just take a damn minute? Because first and foremost, the lyric and did the twin flame bruise paint you blue has completely shattered my brain and my heart and my soul. I, hello, oh my god, like, ah, that was, you know when you just read a lyric and you're like, oh my god, pain, just pure pain, nothing else, no other thoughts, just pain, that's literally how I felt when I heard that lyric for the first time, and also, just the references to, like, dating older guys and stuff, and not being old enough, and blah blah blah, that's such a feeling I'm having in my life right now, and Oh, I'm just like, bitch, how did you know? Like, how did you know? And then the song with Phoebe Bridges. Oh my God, don't even get me started on that. When, oh my God. But, okay, I'm literally in full fangirl mode right now. So I'm actually not making any sense. But anyways, my favorite lyric from that song is, how can a person know everything at 18, but nothing at 22? Like, okay, call me out. Okay. Like, when I was 18, I genuinely thought I knew everything. I thought I was a fucking genius. You could not tell me I was wrong. And yes, I do still have that mentality, but not to the same extent. Now at 23, which, by the way, side note, I'm very pissed that she released this uh, re-recording when I'm 23. Because, girly, I was 22 last year. I really could have listened to that and been like, take my coin. But no, you waited till I was 23. But anyways, um... Yeah, now at 23, I'm like, oh, I actually didn't know everything. I'm going to pretend I do, but like deep down I know. But anyway, that's a great segue into what I want to talk about this episode, which is like hooking up, dating, that sort of stuff. But like also I'm going to talk about other things because honestly, can I ever stick to one thought? No. But it just really got me thinking because honestly, like Taylor Swift, her dating history is very public, very open, right? And people are very aware of the ages that she was and the men that she dated and, like, the timescales and things like that and dating older men and younger men. And, like, big respect for her because I definitely don't think I would be able to be a functioning human being if the whole world was constantly scrutinizing my relationships. But I, like, don't really hang out with people in my age bracket anymore. Like, since I left uni, probably just a bit before that, I... I have two friends who are my age, like my two best friends. Uh, we're in the same academic year. And even when I'm with them, like the people that we hang out with, like mutual friends and stuff, aren't our age. And then my other really close group of friends, they're all like five years older than me. And because of this, I meet people who are like late 20s as opposed to early 20s, which I am in. 
oh god, I'm nearly in my mid-twenties, fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, and so I've just been looking at like timelines of your twenties and like disparities in not just income, but like employment and all of that. And it's so crazy because when I compare everyone, and not to not to compare them in a bad way, but you know, you do, you like analyze what everyone else is doing. And I'm like, oh my God, I have friends who are like cheating on their significant other. And then I have friends who are moving in with their significant others. And then there's me. (laughs) Then there's me who's just like so fucking single and is like looking for a place to live by myself. And I just like, I just think it's crazy. Like, I think it's so fucking crazy because your 20s are such a crucial moment in your life, I think. And this is coming from someone in their 20s. So, you know, take everything I say with a pinch of salt because I haven't experienced life the way other people have. But I often say that I feel like I've lived a thousand lives because I just feel like in 23 years, way too much has happened. Like way too much has happened for me to be like, yeah, it's only been 23 years. But also I am 23 and I can't deny that. I was born in 98. I am still a baby in most people's eyes. And it's just like insane because I now like talk to guys who are a lot older than me. And there's always this thought in the back of my head that's like, you're way too young for them. And I'm not, it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm fucking 17 talking to a 29 year old. Like that's weird. If you're in that situation, please leave. Um, but like I got with this guy the other day and I think he was like 29, like pushing 30. And, you know, I constantly forget to ask people how old they are. Not that that's something I need to be doing all the time. It's just never the first thought because I'm just so like on the same page as them that I never, I never think to myself, oh yeah, I'm clearly so much younger than them. And I was like talking to this guy, blah, blah, blah. And then I don't know how it came up in conversation, but he told me his age and I was just like, oh my God, we are on completely different paths. Turns out we weren't, but my initial thought was like, oh my God, he wants like a girlfriend. Like he is looking for someone who's serious and I am just not serious in any aspect of the world, but especially dating. And we got to talking and he was like on the complete same page as me. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want to, I don't want a girlfriend. And I was like, oh yes, perfect. Um, But it's like, you can never really judge someone's timeline based on their age in their 20s, if that makes sense. Like, I immediately just jumped to conclusions and was like, oh my god, no, he wants a girlfriend. Like, he's at that age. But like, what the fuck is the age for a relationship? What the fuck is the age for a girlfriend or a significant other? Like, it doesn't exist. You're ready when you're ready. And I don't know, like, listening to all too well, the 10 minute version really made me like think about that because she makes reference to what it's public knowledge. It's about Jake Gyllenhaal. So let's just say, you know, she makes reference to the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal may have implied that he wishes they were closer in age or something. I don't know. haven't memorized all the lyrics yet. And sometimes I think that, and then I think back to like when I did hook up with guys my age and I'm like, oh my fucking God, you're so boring. <laughs> like not all guys my age are boring, but I don't know. There's just something about the brains of 23 year olds and how they differ between genders. It's weird. If you know, you know, but like, 
I fully understand why most of my friends date men who are in their late 20s as opposed to their age. There is just a real, there's a real difference. And I think that if you are exposed to different things in your life, that makes you more mature mentally to like get on the same page as someone who's maybe in their late 20s. And I don't know, it's kind of like, there's a very fine line between pick me energy and knowing that you're mature, if that makes sense. And let me explain what I mean by that. So I I fully understand what pick me energy is and like pick me girls. I fully get it. But I also think that some people have taken it a bit too far. And so when some girls are like, oh no, I'm just mature for my age, other girls will be like, oh my God, she's such a pick me. But no, some people are mature for their age. Like some people were forced to be an adult when they were a kid. And so that means that when they are an adult, they've already had the adulthood, you know? Like they've already grown a lot faster emotionally than most people their age would. And I was at this like gathering the other day and I was speaking to this guy and I think he might've been about 32 maybe. And he was so interesting. Like I honestly love meeting people that I haven't met before. Uh, definitely in social settings because I do need a drink or two down me before I start a conversation. But I love meeting people that I don't know in those circumstances because I feel like that's when people are their most honest because there's no standard that they have to prove to you. There's no expectation. They don't feel the need to impress you in any which way. Like they have just met you and if you start talking about things that you have in common, they don't hold back. And I adore the passion that people have in those circumstances. And so this guy and I, we were talking about films and he's like, he wants to be an actor, I believe. And um, we're talking about our favorite films and everything and we were analyzing them. And at the end of the conversation, he was like to me, oh, like, what do you do? Um, Are you in the arts? And I was like, no, like my dad was and I grew up in it, but I just like, I'm not, I've left my artistic side, which I said to him, I was like, it breaks my heart. It does because theater is such a big part of my life. Even to this day, I don't act anymore, but like, it's such a big part of my life. And and then he was like, oh, so like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, nothing, nothing. I'm just kind of vibing. I'm at home. Um, I live with my parents. And then I kind of saw his face change. And then I was like, well, yeah, I just turned 23. And he was like, holy shit. Like, I had no idea you were 23. Because everybody else there was going to say 28 upwards. Um, And he was like, oh my God, like you are really mature. And I was like, thank you. And immediately I was like, I should not have said thank you because now I seem like a pick me girl. And then I was like, Mary, slap yourself back into reality. Like, first of all, pick me is a phrase created by Gen Z's and um, Meredith Grey. <laughs> um, but also, no, like, it's true. I was told this a lot as a kid. Like, I'm very mature for my age. And I do think that I went through things that made me mature for my age. And I don't know, I keep relating this back to all too well because I just, I feel that so fucking deeply. Like I feel that feeling of feeling like you're too young, but knowing you're not. And there's like, oh, she's just in her early twenties. Like she knows nothing. And it's like, babe, do you want to start talking about the childhood trauma? Do you want to start talking about when I had to be an adult when I was literally a kid? Like, do you want to do that? Um, And yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. That song has just resurfaced so many feelings. So many, it's 8 a.m. Taylor Swift. Like, please calm down. Like, please fucking calm down. But 
you know, you, she's a public figure that we can all kind of look at and analyze and overanalyze. But realistically, she is just another person who lived their 20s differently to how everybody else lives their 20s. And that's how 20s are. We all live them so fucking differently. There isn't a timeline that we're all meant to follow. And I'll be so honest, like when I dropped out of uni, it crushed me. It really did crush me because I then watched all of my friends graduate and I watched my friends apply to masters and I watched my friends buy houses and I was like, I'm not doing any of that. Like I am waking up every morning and hoping for the best. And that's it. That's how I get through my 24 hours. I wake up and I hope for the best. And I try and do things that will make me happy. Like I go to SoulCycle, I go and get a coffee. Maybe I'll get my favorite salad or an acai bowl. But I am not doing any of these big milestones that people expect you to do. And that's what it is. Like it's an expectation. They think, and I say they by like society or like the royal we, if that makes more sense. But you're expected to hit all these milestones by certain ages. And I think the big reality check I had with myself was me saying, Mary, you can literally go back to university whenever you want. Like, it's not going to fucking disappear. You're already in debt. Like, you might as well just drag it out. And I know that not a lot of people have that mentality, but like, I honestly couldn't give two shits. I'm like, I'm already so far into debt that I might as well just, you know, if I want to go back, I'll go back. But I had to tell myself that it's always going to be there because... If I sit here now and I'm like, I'm 23 and I haven't graduated and like, I can't go back to uni because I'll be too old. Okay, you're gonna turn 26 anyway. If you want a degree and you want to go back, go back. It doesn't matter how old you're gonna be. Like, you are literally going to turn 26 anyway. So if you go back to university next September and you're 24 shitting bricks okay, you're still going to turn 24. Whether or not you follow your dreams and do what you want to do, life is still going to go past. So you're still going to become the age that you were dreading. So you might as well do something you want to fucking do. And like the other day, well, yesterday, actually, I had this really amazing business meeting, I guess you'll call it. And I don't think I can say anything about it, which sucks. I know that's so annoying. But my dad even said to me after, he was like, I'm so proud of you. And I just think to myself, like, that would never have happened if I hadn't dropped out of university. Like, I would have never had that opportunity. I would have never taken that call because my time would have been so consumed with a degree that I didn't even want. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can this year. I'm going to take the opportunities I can. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do whatever I want. And if in September I want to go back to university, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. And okay, I'll graduate at 27. So what? I'm going to turn 27 anyway. Might as well get a degree if I want one. If I don't want one, that's also fine. But this idea that there are just all these fucking milestones that you're meant to hit. Like, I used to think I would be in a committed relationship by 22. Have I even had a fling? Like, a proper fling? No. I've had dumb situationships. But I have never in my life committed to anyone romantically. And when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, like by 22, I'll be moved out. Babe, you are still in your childhood bedroom. Please calm down. And that's fine. Like, that's absolutely fine. I'm having fun here. I'm having fun not paying rent. You know, it's a vibe. It means I can spend my money on dumb shit that I don't need. And the people who have bought houses and live with their boyfriends, why am I comparing myself to them? They are 
in full-time employment, they have already graduated, our timelines are different. And, you know, some people might look down at my one night stands and hookups and be like, oh my God, no, you're at the age where you should be serious. Why? Why should I be serious? Listen, if I can get with a 30 year old, then I don't need to be serious. I've got seven years. (laughs) I've got at least seven years, but I don't know. It's just like, it's so frustrating that people put this kind of pressure on you in your twenties. And it's so much pressure, especially because it's the first time in your life that you've ever been an adult, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like when you hit 30, at least my dad was telling me, he was like, when I hit 30, that's when I was like, oh shit. My dad never took his 20s seriously. He was like, I'm still a kid. It was when I hit my 30s that I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to start figuring this shit out. And I'm like, oh my God, so why am I panicked? And I'm so happy that my dad's like that because my mom, as much as she's very much like, Mary, I want you to follow your dreams, do whatever you need to do. She was so supportive of me dropping out of uni, like, an absolute dream in that circumstance. Like she just gave me a hug and was like, Mary, it's fine. Like, I'm so proud of you. You have gone so far in education. You don't need a degree. And she's right. Um, But she has been like grinding her ass off since she was like 17. Like she was an adult way before she needed to be. And I'm just like so happy that I have parents who have come from two different perspectives of what your 20s should look like, but can support the fact that nobody knows what they're doing. And I think that's so beautiful. Like both of them have had completely different twenties, but have both come together to be like, no Mary, like do whatever, you know? And like, I think my mom had me when she was my age. And I think that also mentally put a pressure on me, not the pressure that was put on by my parents by any means, but I just always thought, oh my God, my mom had me at 23. So am I going to have to like have a kid at 23? And you guys know I don't want a kid ever. But when I was younger, I was always like, oh my God, I'm running out of time. Who the fuck runs out of time at 23? Like grow up. Well, don't because then you'll run out of time, but you know what I mean? Anyway, look at that spiral that Taylor Swift created in my mind. But I do want to talk about like hookup culture and dating and sexuality. And I've spoken about these things very briefly before, but I kind of want this to be like just so open and raw and like me in my most vulnerable sense, I guess, about these topics because for a really long time, I never spoke about these things ever. And I felt like I was really hiding a part of myself and not like being true to the life that I wanted to live. And that's not to say like, oh, I'm just so ingrained in hookup culture that that's all I ever wanted to do. No, but I went to a Catholic school until I was eight, no, until I was 16. (laughs) Thank God it wasn't until I was 18. So I went to two different Catholic schools until the age of 16. And they were very, very strict Catholic schools. I know some people go to very liberal Catholic schools. That was not the case for me. I went to a fucking convent on top of a hill, connected to a church. Nuns walked around. Like it was not liberal by any means. And um, I also grew up on Stan Twitter. Like before Twitter was what it is now, it was actually a fun place to be. And I had a lot of friends who were also older than me. That seems to be a common theme, but they were like out of school and they all lived in different parts of the world. And so they experienced different things. And this is like one of the things I think is so great about going to uni. You meet different people from different walks of life. And I was very fortunate to do that at an early age. And so I would like go and travel to meet 
these internet friends who changed the way I thought about everything. And so up until the age of about 13, the concept of sexuality really wasn't something that was ever like spoken about in my vicinity, I guess. Um, It wasn't until I was about 15 in school that they started talking about like gay being a sin, which let me clarify, I don't fucking believe. But that was the sort of life I had. And so when I was 13 and I was meeting all these people, I think that was when I went to my first um, London Pride and they were just like so authentically themselves. It was the first time I'd ever seen anybody with like facial piercings and tattoos and brightly colored hair. And I remember going to Pride and like feeling so many emotions because I just thought it was so beautiful how openly these people just express themselves. And so from then on, that's when I kind of became very aware of sexuality and like the spectrum of it and the scale of it. But, you know, I was still at a Catholic school, so I, you know, I didn't really try to explore anything because I was like, I'm at Catholic school, like, let me say my Hail Marys and go to class. And then when I went to sixth form, that's when I like actually started hooking up with people. So I guess some may say late bloomer. I don't know, what's that? 16, 17, whatever. Like I was a late bloomer in many aspects of life. Didn't get my period until I was 15. So, you know, what's to be expected? But that's when I started hooking up with people and it was kind of, at first it was, it was shit. Like not the actual hooking up, just the feelings that I had around it. I just had a lot of guilt all the time and I was like, oh, like I'm meant to be in a relationship and like you're meant to lose your virginity to someone you love and blah, blah, blah. And like that shit isn't true. That's just another societal expectation. But I don't know. I just felt like I was so, like so in my own head about how it should be rather than what I wanted it to be. And so then when I left sixth form and like left the environment and like the guys that I was kind of, always around. I went to uni and, um, no, uni hookup wise was not the scene for me. I had so many people like openly tell me that they don't date black girls. And I was like, <laughs> I think I went to the wrong uni besties. I think I went to the wrong uni, but like that was fine. Cause I was coming home every weekend anyway. And like had friends outside of uni, like most of actually all of my friends bar one, are from outside of uni, but it really like hit my perception of myself. And I was like, oh my God, no, like I am just unattractive. Like I'm just, I'm just unattractive to everybody. And that wasn't true. Like that was not true at all. But it really put this thing in my head of like, because of the way you look and because of the way you are, you're unattractive. So like, thank fuck that I got out of that mindset and that place. But I would say like in the last couple of years, that's when I've been like, I want to be liberated enough to explore myself. And with that kind of came people being like, oh, so like, are you not straight? Like what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. Like I have honestly, ever since I was kind of opened up to sexuality and like what that means I've always been like oh who knows what they are like that's just my personal opinion and like my personal feelings I've always said like oh but how do you know 
And like when people are so confidently straight, I'm like, oh, that's a that's a scary red flag. Like I, I just I don't know. I have always said that I wouldn't say that I'm a label because I just think that it has the chance to change and I am open to it changing. And so yeah, I think since I was like 14, I've been like, oh, I don't really label myself. But nobody ever really asked until I was older. And so now I've just been like, I just date whoever. Like, if I like you, I like you. If I don't, I don't. It has absolutely nothing to do with the way you look. And I still kind of never really explored it because I was like, I didn't, this is, this is something that nobody else around me agrees with. And then I had the fucking conversations with people and I don't think I have a single straight friend. (laughs) I literally don't, I, maybe I have one. Um, and from having those conversations with people, it just made me more confident to be like, oh, okay. Like I can do this. I'm not weird for feeling this way. Other people feel this way. I have always just had no idea who I'm going to end up with. Like my track record is men, but like the love I have for Phoebe Bridges is is not a straight person's love. Let me just clarify that. And so I, I don't know. I feel like I'm really nervous talking about this because this goes out to the world and like anyone can listen to this and it is quite vulnerable. But I just think that people are people. Like I... I'm not ever going to be like, I don't want to date this person because of their gender. And it was only until recently that I realized that that was like so okay, which sucks. Like that fucking sucks that I'm 23 and only recently have I realized that that's fine. It's more than fine actually. But once I kind of clicked that into my head and I was like, okay, this is how you feel. Like this is you my hookup life got a lot better. And I think it was because I no longer felt like I was trying to be somebody else to please somebody else. Like I am who I am sexually and that's who I am. And there is nothing that anyone else says that can change that. And I'm not going to change my needs and desires for somebody else. And it's just like so fucking freeing because the first, the first hookup I had after, you know, having this awakening, I guess, was like the best hookup of my life. And I was like, holy shit, you really do mentally hold back so much and it shows emotionally and physically. And once you just start to break free and be like, this is who I am. And no, it doesn't make me a slut. No, it doesn't make me weird. No, it doesn't, you know, make me whatever derogatory term people want to throw at you. It makes you you and you get to do whatever the fuck you want to do as long as it's consensual. And that's the best way to do it. And in terms of like hookup culture specifically, like as opposed to talking about sexuality, I have never thought anything was wrong with it. The only people I have ever heard say that something's wrong with it are like married adults. And like, I think that's a bit of jealousy. I think you committed to the wrong dick too early and now you're pissed. And now you're gonna be like, "Mm -mm -mm, you should be with one person for the rest of your life. Shut up, shut up. I don't know if I've said this before, but like I was always the kid who was like, I don't believe in monogamy. Not to say that I'm polyamorous, I'm not. I have way too many trust issues for that. But um, like I just, the idea that you're meant to be with someone, like one person for the rest of your life is completely outdated, completely outdated. Because 
we as humans have evolved, obviously. But when people were staying with one person for their whole life, they were dying at like 25. Like cavemen really weren't living that long. Like that is not meant to apply to us anymore. People fall in and out of love. People lose feelings and gain feelings. Like there are just so many things that changed. And I have always, you know, really adored books and films that talk about that aspect of life. And the fact that you know, the sad reality is you can just wake up one day and not have feelings for someone. And I've seen a handful of my friends go through brutal breakups. And they have always like kind of pushed me to stay in this hookup culture because one, a part of me is very scared. Like I'm scared of being broken like that by somebody else. I, I'm very scared of giving someone that much power over me. But also I didn't feel like I needed to be susceptible to the pressures that people put on us to be in relationships if I wasn't ready because I could just avoid unnecessary heartbreak, you know? And like, I honestly, like, I remember when I was in this big party group and they all had boyfriends and I didn't and they'd always try and push me to be like this one guy and like, we always got together, but I was like, you are not gonna be my boyfriend. Like, I do not have any romantic feelings for you there was just so much pressure. Like everyone was like, you're so perfect for each other. No, we fucking weren't. First of all, he was an inch shorter than me. Hello. When am I meant to wear my platform docks if he's an inch shorter than me? But also we just had like one thing in common and that was music and that was it. And like as much as music is my life, that cannot be the only thing we have in common. And then, you know, you just meet people along the way and some of them may not be a romantic soulmate, but they're still in some way a soulmate and whether or not you sleep with them or kiss them or whatever, you have a connection with them. And I don't know, I'm not really ready to give that up. Like I'm not really ready to not throw myself out into the world to experience these different types of connections when I'm so young. And sure, I might meet someone who I see and I'm like, you are the person, like you are the person I have been waiting for. Like, let's be in a relationship, let's do the damn thing. But that hasn't happened yet. And I feel like as I'm getting older, I really don't want to entertain the idea of just dating to date, like just for shits and giggles. Like I also don't like the idea of dating to marry because I don't want to get married. So like I probably will never date to marry. But the idea of like just dating to date, like dating just to have someone to go to Winter Wonderland with at Christmas time or dating just so you have someone to go on cute dates with, I go on cute dates with my friends all the time. I love a good girl's wine night. Oh my God, are you joking? I am obsessed with them. So I don't need a partner to do that with. I have my girlfriends. Like I have friends who I can go out with and just drink wine and gossip and do whatever people do on dates besides like, you know, hook up because I'm not trying to hook up with my besties. But you know, like I can fill those voids in a way if that's what you want to call it with other people. And the idea of just dating because everybody else is, is like, ugh, just so long. And like, I just, I just don't date. Like, I hate small talk. I really hate small talk. I don't want to hear about your seven brothers. I, I don't care. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't care. Unless I'm actually interested in you, I don't care. And more often than not, I would only be interested in you if like, we already know each other. So that's why I'm not really big on the whole Tinder thing. I mean, I've tried it. Well, no, not I haven't tried Tinder. 
Um, I've tried Bumble and Hinge and I literally act as if those apps are fucking games. I'm like, this is a game of hot or not. Let's go. Let's swipe. Who's hot? Who's not? Like, and also that's so rude, but yeah, I just, I can't take it seriously because I just know that I'll never go on a date. Um, with anyone from an app. Another thing that I really do want to get into is like being social. Um, I guess I do attribute a lot of my newfound social skills to being on antidepressants because I definitely did not want to leave the house when I was depressed. And whenever I went out, I would just be so in my own head, especially when my depression got really bad, like earlier this year, I just really didn't want to see anyone. And I would like force myself into these situations and it was just horrible because it was like so not fun and not what socializing is meant to be. But as of late, oh my God, I've been a real party animal. I'm on a bit of a break right now. Uh, I I attribute that to the fact that one of my friends is on holiday and the other one is working dumb hours and the other one is like trying to figure her shit out. So I'm letting her do that. But yeah, I think the whole of October, I was probably drunk every weekend out at a different bar or a different club. Not really a club, but you know a dancing situation. And I am someone whose social battery runs out without a warning. Like, I wish my social battery was like an iPhone where it'd be like 20% left because it just completely disappears. And then I just feel so... Empty seems a bit deep, but I just know in that moment I have to go home. And as of late, that hasn't really been the case. Like my social battery hasn't really been dying in the same way. And I think that's because I've dedicated time to myself and like Monday to Thursday let's say is for me that's me time I will happily go for coffee or go for a drink or go for dinner with someone but when the sun's shining like throughout most of the day actually not most of the day anymore daylight savings fuck you but I dedicate those hours to me and I work out and I go on walks and I go and get my coffee and I do things that fuel me inside and out so that when I do go and spend time with other people on the weekend and meet new people and when I share my energy with those people, I still have energy for myself. And there was a real, real long time, I would say, honestly, it lasted about three years where I just said no to plans. I just said no to plans because I didn't want to socialize. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to see other people. I didn't want to hang out with anyone. I didn't want to have any conversations that my brain would just convince me were meaningless. And I would just sit at home and do nothing. I wouldn't even do anything for myself. I would just literally sit in bed and watch an abundance of films on repeat. Like I just didn't want to leave my room. And so I completely understand how and why people feel that way. But for me, I just had to learn to find the balance. And it's been a fucking journey because also working out a lot can make you very drained and make you feel like you don't want to go out on the weekends and you don't want to see people. And I definitely have days like that. Like this week, probably the least social I've ever been. Mm, Okay, that was an exaggeration. The least social I've been in about six months. And I've barely worked out. I think I've done like three workout classes. And it feels weird. It does feel weird because I'm very much an introvert. I like my own space. I am revived by my own energy and like being alone and going out does 
feel like a mission and it does feel like I need days to recover afterwards. But now I also find myself giving myself so much energy throughout the week that I have enough to share with other people. And I think that's really important because I think when you are in social settings, you can find yourself giving way too much of yourself to other people and time that you aren't giving to yourself. And I think that the balance that you find between the two is probably something that can help you find a lot of peace because I don't want to miss out on the fun experiences that I could be having. And sure, they will arise again if I do miss out on them. But my way of looking at it now is like, it sucks to say, but I missed a lot of time because I was so depressed. Time just flew by and I had, well, it felt like I had absolutely no control over it. It felt like time was going by, but my life was standing still. And I think that deep depression can do that to you. I think that when you are in just such a hole of misery and darkness, you feel like your world has come to stand still whilst everybody else continues with theirs and you watch everybody continue with theirs. And that's also something that social media has enabled us to do quicker than ever. You just go onto Instagram and you see people living their life and you feel like you're not and it's so, so painful. And if anything, it makes it worse because you feel the thoughts in your brain that you're worthless and you're doing nothing. And then, like I said, attribute a lot of this to being on antidepressants, but now having the motivation to work on myself and to help myself and give myself the energy I need, I've found a very good balance between being alone and not being lonely and then sharing my time with other people. And I love it. I love hanging out with people who make me happy. I'm really not trying to just hang out with anyone. And I have found that also being on TikTok has helped me immensely. And I think the craziest thing about my TikTok, which, you know, the other day I realized it was a year since I posted my first TikTok. Um, But yeah, I think the craziest part of the whole TikTok thing is the fact that I made my first video because I was so depressed. It was in the middle of the last lockdown and I felt like I had nobody and I had lost all the things that made me feel happy. I'd lost all my coffee shops and my workout classes and I felt so alone and there was really nothing I could do about it. And, you know, more often than not, I would say that there is always something you can do, but in lockdown, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. And the last lockdown was horrific because it was raining all the time. It even snowed. I remember I went on a run and it snowed. Um, The weather was awful. So I really couldn't run as much as I wanted to. I couldn't go on walks like I did in the first lockdown. It just felt really isolating. And so I made a TikTok, which is like, how did you come to that rationale that you feel sad? So let's make a TikTok. I don't know, but I am so grateful that I did that. And through TikTok, I think it's made me grow so much confidence. And my best friend actually said this to me. Um, Someone came up to us and was like, oh, I watch your videos. And we had this conversation. And my best friend was like, look how fucking confident you are. Like, you never used to be like this. And then we went out to eat and I like ordered our food for us, which is also something I never used to do because my anxiety used to be so bad that I wouldn't order my own food. And even when I was in sixth form, I remember like I wouldn't eat at lunch times if I didn't bring my own food because there was like a Chinese shop just outside my sixth form and everyone would go there at lunchtime. 
And unless one of my friends was there to place my order for me, I wouldn't make an order. But having to have conversations with people and like having to hold the conversation as well, because I feel like I do have that duty, especially because when people come up to me and say that they watch my videos, you know everything about me. Like you have seen my life online and I show everything. I mean, there's like 5% of my life that I don't put on the internet. But other than that, I am so open. And so it's down to me to hold the conversation. And I'm, you know, at first it, it really terrified me because I'm such an anxious person. But with time, it makes me so happy now. It makes me more happy than it does anxious. It's always made me happy, but I was still anxious. But now it makes me happier more than it makes me anxious. And I think that's incredible. And I think it's really helped me grow. And I owe so much to TikTok and the way it's shaped my life in the last year. And there's just like, like if someone said to me now, what's a way that I can become more confident in myself to socialize and talk to people I don't know, I would definitely say like, throw yourself on the internet in any way, like a podcast, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram stories, whatever. Like I think as bad as social media may be, there is also so many incredible aspects to it. And one of those is the confidence and like bravery in a way that it's given me because I find it a lot easier to be open online because there is no like crowd surrounding me, if that makes sense. Like there's nobody there when I press upload and it helped me verbalize things that I probably struggled to verbalize when I was in front of other people because there was so much pressure surrounding me. But now I feel very free to just say what I want to say and what I feel. And now that's reflecting in my personal life. And I mean, to be honest, when I have a glass of wine, I'm an open book, but still like socializing with people for the first time is very daunting. But now I kind of have this, not really like a persona, but like this side of me that I've just never really seen before. And I'm really, I'm really proud of myself for that. I'm really proud that I found something in a moment of complete hopelessness that helped me grow into a person that I'm really starting to love. That got so deep so fast. Holy shit, Mary. So yeah, on that deep, dark, depressive note, um, let's end this here. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast episode. Um, please go and listen to Taylor's version of All Too Well, the 10 minute version, please. Just, and don't take your antidepressants before you listen to it. Actually do, because I didn't and then I cried and I was like, whoa, let's, um, let's take those, those sertraline tablets, babe. But yeah, it's just so good. Look at this promo I'm doing for her. Like she needs fucking promo. God, get a grip, Mary. Anyway, thank you. Love you, besties.